Hello, this is Yannick. My friend Matt is with me once again, and we are back talking the NFL draft. We made our predictions last week uh, for who we thought was going where, and honestly, Matt, we killed it. At least in the first half, we were on oh, very fire. Felt very good. It, it kind of tapered off towards the end, but you know what? It, who who could guess what happens at the end of the first round? At that point, it's at anyone's guess. So the end of the first um, round is such a tough, tough, tough call. Right, but we both picked Najee Harris going to the Steelers, for example. Like we we did get some at the end there. Um, it wasn't so, as nearly as an exciting first round as I was. I mean, there was you know a little excitement. Um, certainly, we'll talk about Bears and stuff. But I was I. The build up to the draft felt so exciting that like I was like, oh, this is gonna be like a really fun first round. And it was pretty pretty straightforward. Well, I thought there was gonna be a trade like before the tenth pick, and then there was no trades. Everybody was just like, No, we're picking somebody, and it's like, oh, okay. Um, and even the, what was the trade for the tenth pick was wasn't it the Eagles from like twelve going up to ten? Like it really wasn't the most uh, exciting of, of picks. Right. No, it was definitely jumps. Yeah, definitely not. Um, and what the Eagles did with it was a little baffling as well. Um, I mean, I not that I don't don't agree with it, but we'll see. Um, yes, but let's talk all things NFL draft. We'll start with the quarterbacks, the top five. Trevor Lawrence to the Jacksonville Jaguars at number one, the most obvious pick in this one. Um, you know, we'll see if him and Urban Meyer can uh, recreate some college magic in the NFL. What are we thinking? Where do we see the Jaguars going this first season? I mean, I, I think they're, I mean, they're not going to – I'm not going to say the Jaguars are going to be a playoff team, but I, I am a huge, huge believer in Trevor Lawrence. I, I really always have been. He just – he looks the part. He plays the part that I, – I, I was a believer in him before that freshman year national championship game and the, the amount of poise that he came into that game against an Alabama team that over the last decade has always just been the most daunting thing in the world, um, and he absolutely ripped them up. He I, I will be shocked if he's not the real deal. Um, it, does that mean he's like Patrick Mahomes? I don't know. But I think this guy takes them to be a, a playoff contender every single year. I, th- this team has a little bit more to go. And I think Urban Meyer, I, I do think he'll figure it out because all he does is win. But there will be a bit of a learning curve. Um, but I, I think the Jaguars are going to get some surprise wins this year. Um, and I, I think if I was a Jaguars fan, um, I, I'd be – very, very excited about the future. Um, more excited than, I mean, you think about all the guys they've drafted before from Blaine Gabbert to Blake Bortles. Like, that that's not this. Trevor Lawrence is, he's going to get it done. Uh, you did, like, you can't convince me otherwise. Yeah, I mean, I think maybe not this year, but Jaguars are going to the playoffs in the next two years. I, I definitely think that, especially with how the AFC is kind of all muddled at the middle. Um, Particularly so. the AFC South, like... The, the Titans and we'll see what happens with, with Watson and the Texans, but like Titans, Texans, Colts, if I'm picking three teams to have in a division with me, that that's not a bad three to, to have. Right. Cause you're telling me you have more faith in Carson Wentz and the Colts than you do in Trevor Lawrence. I, <laughs> I wouldn't say that. I mean, they got a great defense, but I don't feel any better about them than I did last year. Um, yeah. But uh, Trevor Lawrence going to the Jaguars. Then at number two, also obvious Zach Wilson to the jets at the second round pick. I mean, I just foresee Zach Wilson's career going down the gutter. I don't know why, but I, I do I do foresee it. I'm very scared for that that boy. What do we think? Do you think they did draft some people alongside him? They did draft well. They had a really good you, draft. They had a very good draft. But uh, Zach Wilson, do you think he, 
he becomes a household name in New York. I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm with you where it's just like the narrative around the Jets and, and certainly quarterbacks has been the same for what feels like forever, um, where they just they can get some good talent and they don't take advantage of it. So it's, it's tough for me to be like as confident in this move as I, I am about Trevor Lawrence because of just the history that that franchise has. I do think this is probably as good of a chance as the Jets have ever ha- had because I think Wilson is the kind of guy that can that can make up for deficiencies. Of course, it's tougher to do that for the New York Jets than it is for BYU, but he does have that sort of playmaking ability. Um, and Robert Sala, I, I do think, is as steady of, as a head coach as they have had. And and I think I, I can't even remember who the last – I mean, Rex Ryan was great, but, like, Rex Ryan's still Rex Ryan. Like, Robert Sala is very, place. like, he, he's going to get zoned in. And they had a great draft, so – I, you know, there's reasons to be optimistic that the, that this will finally be the time the Jets get it figured out, but I can't do it because history tells me the opposite is true. Right, exactly. I, uh, I want to believe that the Jets, and hey, if the Jets get good and I live in New York, hell yeah, I'd love to see them. I'd love to, I'd love to go see a Jets game uh, and, and then be good. I'll be, a, I'll be a Wilson homer. Yeah, me too, man. It's more exciting than Daniel Jones. Right, exactly. Like, <laughs> yes, exactly. That's so true. Um, yeah, but uh, we'll see how that plays out. Pick number three. Everybody's like, whoa, pick number three. Me and Matt called this. We were not phased. Oh, yeah, we did. By the Mac Jones talk is going as high as number three. You guys are idiots who thought he was going <laughs> as high as number three. I'm saying that right now. Everyone who thought Mac Jones was going at number three, y'all are morons. Um, come on. Mac Jones is good, but he's not third pick in the draft good. My God, he's not. Especially like, like I, we said with the comparison of like him and Garoppolo, like it, you're two similar players. Right, exactly. So they take Trey Lance at number three. How long do you think it takes before him to start for the 49ers? How long is Jimmy G still there? Uh, I don't, I don't think Trey Lance starts this year at, at all, Yeah. Um, but probably by next year, especially with that, that Kyle Shanahan offense. Um, and I'll talk about one of their picks later because it was just another good, I mean, this is an offense that wants to run the ball. Like they want to establish the run, run it down your throat, use some play action and everything. So it, it'll be a job that when he does take over right from the start, it's not going to be like, all right, man you better be able to get this done or else we're not going to be able to move the ball because they're so run oriented. Um, I, I, it'll be a little bit of an easier transition. So I, I think by next year he's starting. I don't know if he starts first game, but by, by the midpoint of next year, I, I think he will be starting and, and I'm excited to see what he does. Right. Me too. I mean, I, uh, I think Shanahan's a smart coach. So I think I agreed. He's not going to start this year. He'll give Jimmy G a year to show him that he's a Super Bowl contender uh and that he shouldn't start trey lance was uh, very doubtful that that'll happen but you know he was there before so like there's no reason to think that jimmy g won't compete at a high level um but regardless i think trey lance you know has mahomes level talent so i like not not necessarily like he's gonna be mahomes but i think he's got untapped potential that does have a high ceiling absolutely i i agree and i mean too like from the, the perspective also of, like jimmy g starting this year we have seen jimmy g be a, a I mean, he, he led him to a Super Bowl uh, where, like, if you can have a solid year with Jimmy G, might be able to trade him away and actually get a little something, too, in return. So it's kind of a 
it's a a win-win to I think let him sit, let Jimmy G have a better year. Uh, no reason to rush a young guy, and and there's certainly lots to be learned from Jimmy G. Like I, Jimmy G's been in the league for a long time. When when you get to come in and you get to learn under Tom Brady, uh, I, I'm going to assume you've got some lessons to to pass on. Agreed. I think it's a good situation. The 49ers, best NFC West team in the next couple of decades, um, for sure. Um, all right. Then the exciting pick, it was Justin Fields was the next off the board. It was not to the Lions. It was not uh, to Broncos. It was not to the Patriots. The Bears trade up to pick 10 to grab Justin Fields, despite tweeting that Andy Dalton was their QB1. Yeah, fucking right. Yeah, fucking right, you liars. Matt well, Maggie grabbed well, he still might Fields. Be. He still might be. Um, but yeah, Justin Fields to the Bears. I mean, the Bears have what seems like a quarterback that is worth, you know, being hopeful about for the first time in a while. Um, you know, what do we think about this pick? I love it. I love that the Bears went up and got him. I think they needed to get him. I think that it at least gives them a chance to get out of mediocrity. We'll see what he can become. There's still some issues here and there. Um, but I love Justin Fields to Chicago Bears. Maybe I just had to rip on Byron or come at you, Byron, since I'm spending all of this episode talking up my biggest rivals. First, I had to go City. I, I thought this was a terrific move by the Bears. I like whether whether Justin Fields plays out and becomes, you know, reaches the peak that that he could reach. I, I think it was it was an aggressive move. It was a move that, quite honestly, that front office and that that head coaching staff needed to make for their fan base, where we're just like do you guys want to win? Because we all want to win. And it doesn't seem like you guys in those offices do. Um, so then being aggressive, going and getting them, having that opportunity, I, I think it's a, a terrific, terrific move. And I I mean, I almost have to hope he doesn't pan out. But at the same time, Justin Fields is as exciting as it gets uh, at, at the quarterback position. So I, I, if he does pan out, it's, it's going to be a very, very good day's in Chicago. Um, but regardless, I, I think it was it was a, a real good move. And, and I thought one of the best moves of the entire draft. Right. Justin Fields was a ridiculous player to have sliding down draft boards. So to pick him up uh, in a trade that didn't lose you too much either, I think was a great move for Chicago, regardless of how it pans out. All right. And then Mac Jones, not a, t not a pick number three, but where we all knew he was going to go all along. Pick number 15. Dude, I the, didn't. I did not know he was going to New England Patriots. Yeah, Matt Matt didn't think it was going to happen, but I knew it was going to happen. I was very confident that they were going to take a quarterback because either they were going to take Mac Jones, which I just felt like they were going to do, or Justin Fields was going to be there. And of course they take Justin Fields. You can't not take Justin Fields um, if he gets that low. Uh, I didn't think they would trade up for a quarterback. That's kind of where I was like, yeah, I don't see them doing that. But, you know, I think they probably wouldn't have picked another quarterback if at 15, obviously. Um and Mac Jones was someone that dropped to them a little bit. And so they were like, yeah, might as well. Um, so they get Mac Jones. I'm excited. Obviously not a surefire thing. Obviously not the answer that Patriots fans are looking for. Um, but like could be could be something that's that can be exciting, especially since we don't draft quarterbacks and we just try to get what we can um, from other players. So Mac Jones, the Patriots at 15. What does his future look like? Uh, I mean, I, I'm not a big Mac Jones believer. Like, I, I don't see Mac Jones leading anybody to a Super Bowl, but I, I don't think it's – I mean, like, even just with the Justin Fields thing. Like, the thing about this draft it, it, and even, you know, number one picks 
Like it, it feels crazy to say Trevor Lawrence is a for sure thing because that's the thing with with the NFL draft is you don't know really who's going to pan out. They can look like they're going to as much as possible, but you don't know who's going to. You also don't know who's going to surprise. I mean, in a few months' time, we're going to be talking about a sixth rounder that's absolutely killing it, or a, you know, an undrafted free agent that's absolutely killing it. Like even a guy like George Kittle who was an Iowa Hawkeye. If, if you would have told me this is what his NFL career was looking like, I would not believe you. Uh, but that's what the draft does. So I think I think it was the right move for, for you guys, too, because of all the signings that you made in free agency. It's kind of like, all right, wh- where do we really need to address right now? Probably quarterback. And I, Mac Jones, as much as I might not be the biggest believer in him, it, it it's not like he's, I mean, there's a reason he was still taking 15. There was a reason he was in all these conversations and he does have, you know, a hell of a really good accuracy. Um, and, you know, it might as well go from the best dynasty in college over the last 10 years to the best one in the NFL. Right. Right. I mean, might as well go from, go to a, go to a place that you feel familiar with uh, for sure. And we know Belichick has that uh, save in Alabama connection. So not surprising at all. All right, let's go top three best picks in the first round that were not quarterbacks. We talked to quarterbacks. Let's go other positions. I'll start off. uh, I think the pretty obvious one, Kyle Pitts to Atlanta, uh, best skill player in the draft. And Atlanta did let him go past them. They could have, they could have traded away the pick. Uh, they don't necessarily need another weapon, but they got one, and it's going to be a good one for them, I think, with the Falcons. Um, Kyle Pitts is a monster on any team he plays for, uh, and you keep him on your team rather than a team that you'll be facing down the road. Uh, another guy had Penny Sewell. We thought the Bengals would take him. They did not, and so he drops to Detroit, which you know they could have reached for one of the receivers. Yeah, I know. Penny Sewell shouldn't have dropped. I agree. Scarlett's Scarlett's a huge Bengals fan. Actually, no, Scarlett just loves the offensive line position. She's like, I want the boys in the trenches. Don't give me them skill players. Right, exactly. Um, And, you know, the Lions thought the same thing, and they took the best player that dropped to them. They didn't hesitate. That Penny Sewell can help rebuild their team, will help block Jared Goff or whatever quarterback ends up throwing for them in the near future, uh, which is a great pick. And then last but not least, we talked about it, Najee Harris. You know, the Steelers need a run game. And I know you don't pick running backs in the first round, but you do if your team sucks at it, just sucks at it. So you get Najee Harris, a great running back, and I think you start to start to build a running game for the next couple of years. Yeah, I, Kyle Pitts isn't one of my answers, but I, I do have to just touch on him of like, he, he feels like Trevor Lawrence, where it's just like, there's no way he's not going to be good. Like if, if the in offensive rookie of the year award wasn't just basically a quarterback award now, I would throw all my money to Kyle Pitts right now because I, I think he's going to absolutely kill it this year with Matt Ryan. Uh, I'll start with one of the ones I agree with you, Najee Harris. Like He's just I, I, a broken record on this one, but he's just made for the NFL game. He will help in the run game. He will help in the passing game, especially for a team that can't seem to catch any passes. Um, I, I just think he's, he's going to absolutely tear it up right from the start. He's just such a smart player too, um, where I don't think – there's not going to be much of a learning curve for Najee Harris. Like I think he's going to hit hit the ground running. Uh, I will go next. Uh, Rashad Bateman, finally a weapon for the Ravens. He's a guy that has kind of fallen under the radar because he sat out this last year with the Gophers. But the year previously, he was the best receiver in the Big Ten, one of the best receivers in college football. He, he's a guy that 
isn't like a traditional sort of receiver. So maybe there is that little bit of a worry of, of you know, a traditional kind of one that you put out wide. Um, but he is a guy that can can break the game open. And for a team that that needs weapons around Lamar Jackson, I, I just think it was a really good call. Um, and then why I don't have Pinai Sewell here, I got Rashawn Slater. Um, he was another guy that was talked about as a possible top 10 pick at, at offensive tackle. The Chargers, they go and get their ankle or their anchor at on the line uh, for their young quarterback, unlike the Bengals, uh, you know, a team that, that wants to protect Justin Herbert themselves. Um, and so I think Rush, Rashawn Slater, terrific tackle for Northwestern last year. And I think he will continue to do that uh, next year and, and kind of taken in the same spot as um, Tristan Wirfs. So not that that means go. anything. <laughs> No, a Big Ten O lineman taken at the same position. Yeah, I'm sure that's going to work out well. Just outside I, just, the time. I guess I just said that the Chargers are going to win the Super Bowl. I don't believe that. I mean, if that happened, Matt said it. I, I'm going to give it to you if it happens. I'm going to give it to you. I really will. <laughs> I'll take even it. Though I'll take, I'll even, take though saying, even though you said also that it's not going to happen, the fact that you yeah. uttered it into existence, I'll give that to you. If it, the Chargers it's at least win. like a half count. Right. If someone's like, no one predicted this. I'm like, actually, we predicted it back yeah. on May 11th, 2021. Start of season five. You can't oh, listen God. to the episode anymore, unfortunately. It got taken off uh, on May 12th. It was only but it was there. We said it. <laughs> Trust us. Um, no, for sure. Um, yeah, great picks. I, gli- I liked that we only overlapped on one. I think all those players are going to be really, really great. Rashawn Slater. Um, for sure. And I love Rashad Bateman too. The Ravens just need receivers. They really do. So I think he's going to be a good one for them. Um, and Najee Harris, we talked about Steelers need a running back just as badly. All right. For the rest of the draft, we don't want to get too far into it like we did a year ago, but um, for the rest of the draft, um, what did we, give me some top three picks that you thought were amazing in the rest of the draft um, at any position. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I kind of already mentioned uh, this when I was talking about the Niners earlier. I, I, Trey Sermon, third round to San Francisco, the running back out of Ohio State, uh, a guy who just runs, runs hard. He's not obviously he's not like the talent level of a guy like Najee Harris or even Travis Etienne. But I think in that offense, in that offense, that is so it's about the running game and it's not just about one running back. He brings a very dynamic uh, sort of, you know, running style. To, to the game, and I think he's just going to slide right in there in Kyle Shanahan's offense and, and have a big year. Not, probably not a 1,000 yards, but like that's not what Kyle Shanahan asked of his running backs. He asked for three of them to get 600 or 500 yards, um, and I do think Trey Sermon will do that. Trey Sermon is going to be one of those fantasy players that like steals a bunch of touchdowns from other people, and they're gonna be like, God damn it, if I would have started Trey Sermon, he had 32 points this week, and then like the next week he'll have like four points. Uh, Then I'm going Landon Dickerson, the center out of Alabama, over to Philly in the second round. You know, as you're handing it over the reins to Jalen Hurts, I think that quarterback-center relationship is something that's very, very important. Obviously, they have a a little bit of a a history together, both being old Crimson Tide guys. um, And, you know, Alabama just – they're like Iowa where they just trundle out – Actually, I shouldn't even say this about Alabama because Alabama channels out great players at every position, but offensive line seems to particularly be one that they they just fill the NFL with. And, and I think Landon Dickerson, I, I see him being the starting center for Philly for the next decade and then some. And then I knew you were going to call out a little Hawkeye, so I wanted to call out a Hawkeye. 
I'm going Amir Smith Marset. Uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure how he'll play out as a receiver. I, I don't really. He might not ever really be a receiver, but he's been the best returner in the Big Ten over the last two years, both in kick returns and punt returns. He's the kind of guy that can break a game open with the special teams, um, and, I, and I think he's going to do that at the next level. I think it, it's those those positions, guys. They don't seem like that important, but then when you have a returner that can like constantly get you in good field position, they become very, very important. Um, and I think he's going to be able to do that at the next level. Yeah, people forget about like Devin Hester made that that Bears team good for a little bit. Devin Hester is the most terrifying. There's two players I've been scared of in the NFL. Devin Hester and Adrian Peterson. Every time one of those dudes got the ball, I was like, fuck, it's a touchdown. Game over. Game over. Yeah, so I agree with all those picks. Glad you called out a Hawkeye. You're right. I'll call out a Hawkeye here in a second. I'm going to start off with the Jets as well, though. They get Elijah Moore. They pair up their quarterback with a great receiver out of Ole Miss. I think that's exactly what they needed to do. They've made some moves. They have some receivers. But you get a young guy who can grow up alongside Zach Wilson. The idea is anyway. And they can get a great rapport, which you're showing. You know, Zach, we want you to succeed. We're going to give you the weapons. Um, So I think that's a great move for the Jets. Um, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromora, that is my next one. Uh, Yes, his health is questionable. We'll see what comes of him. But if it pans out, the Browns have yet another linebacker for that scary defense. Like, they have Miles Garrett and they, you know, Jadavian Clowney's not like the first-round pick he used to be. But if you have Miles Garrett, Jadavian Clowney, and Jeremiah Owusu-Koromora, and they all are playing well, my God. Like, are you going to have anything going on in the offense that plays that team? I don't really think so. Um, so it, it's another piece for the Browns that could really turn into something good for them uh, sooner rather than later. And my Hawkeye pick, Davion Nixon. We thought he'd go third round, um, but the but he he went in the fifth round um, to the Carolina Panthers. Carolina Panthers, you have gotten a great run blocker this late in the fifth round. Go Hawks! Uh, we know what Davion Nixon can be here in the Big Ten, and I think that. You know, given he's a little raw, he's still got some things to change in terms of his movement and his hand mobility. But I think that the Panthers have a great run blocker that'll flourish uh, in the NFL. Uh, so those are our top picks. Dude, he, can, he can rush the quarterback, too. Like he, he he's can. sneaky athletic for how big and and like a like he's, he looks like a typical defensive tackle. But you see that guy running and you're like, shit, how are you able to move that fast? Right, exactly, exactly. He's he's just he's a terror, and I'm surprised he went fifth round. Um, and hopefully he'll create another Panthers defensive dynasty uh, there, and we'll be like, look, another Iowa Hawkeye making it happen. That's how it happens, boys. And 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 in the NFC South, not not a fifth round, not the fifth pick, but a fifth round pick. So Tristan Wirfs versus Davion Nixon, it's coming up. Let me tell you, it's coming up. Um, it's a battle to watch there. Uh, but let's talk about our personal teams. Uh, I think Patriots did well. You know, they got their QB for the future for now, is what I'll say. You know, we'll see if it's, it stays that way. And they got Christian Barmore, a de- defensive tackle who could have been a first-rounder from Alabama as well um, in the second round. Uh, I love the Ronnie Perkins and Ramondre Ram- Stevens pick out of Oklahoma. I think Ramondre Stevens could be a future stud running back if he pans out correctly. Um, so, yeah, I like the positions that Patriots got. They added some skill for the most part as well as some classic – uh, defensive um, additions as well. So like how the Patriots did to the Packers, you know, in the wake of all of this uh, Aaron Rodgers news, how do you think the Packers did in this year's draft? Uh, okay. I, I, like I'm, 
I'm not as down on it as a lot of people. Uh, I'm not like particularly stoked. Um, I speaking of stoked, um, Eric Stokes, crazy athletic, and and certainly we need a little more speed on that defensive backfield. I'm just not sure they needed to take him with that pick. Um, like I get if a team thinks that's where they, you know, if they like the guy enough, then they should take him. But like sometimes it. There is a little bit of strategy to this thing of like, well, maybe we can get someone a little bit better and wait. Um, and particularly after like last year or two, where it was like, did you need to trade up for Jordan Love? Did you need to take AJ Dillon then? I, I'm not sure. Um, I think Stokes will be a good player, but but just felt a little early. I like the Josh Myers pick certainly with with the another old Ohio State center leading and Corey Lindsley. We do need some help there, and, and he's a guy that's going to be able to slide in there. And Amari Rogers from Clemson uh, are solid, you know. Some other guys that'll you know hopefully help out, but it it's 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 a tough draft class to get overly excited about it. Um, I'm I'm optimistic because that's all I can be, uh, but but it's not a, a class that that really grabs you, um, especially for a team that still should be right on the cusp of of being able to win a Super Bowl. Um, so some more guys that I don't know could have helped a little bit more right away, but. I, I, I am high. On, I, I'm optimistic about Stokes. I think Myers will be good. Hopefully Rodgers can continue in there. We got Royce Newman, another person to help out with that offensive line, Cole Van Lannan. Um, a little more linebacker help, I think, would have been nice. Um, we did pick up Isaiah McDuffie from Boston College, but like, that was our second pick in, in round six. So at, at another year where it's just kind of like, ah, did you really attack the position groups that, that needed to be focused on? I'm not so sure that's the case. Right. It's almost like they pick so late in the first round uh, and they always feel like they still reach, which is crazy to me. Uh, yeah. I feel like they're always reaching, even though they're so late in the draft always. So, Which um, like, I, like then I get your concern of you're like, oh, well, then somebody might take them early on in the second or the middle of the second. I don't think anybody expect Eric Stokes to be gone by the 60-second pick. Like I think they could have gotten someone else, but eh. Yeah, you know, got to be optimistic. I think that's the right call. So, um, yeah. So your team did okay. Which team do you think did the best in the draft? Which Who are you going with who had the best draft? I I don't want to agree with you, and I know you. You're, I know where you're going. Um, I think you actually might be more right. I will go with the Chargers. I, I already said Rashawn Slater uh, with that 13th pick. They got Asante Samuel Jr., uh, Josh Palmer out of Tennessee, Trey McKitty. They, they got offensive weapons. They got offensive line help. They addressed all three uh, levels of the defense. They got a Hawkeye and Nick Neiman, which is always a win. Um, so I'm going with the LA Chargers. I, I think they had they had the best draft. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I, d- I definitely don't think that that's a bad call. They had their quarterback already, and I think they picked good to build a team around him. Yeah, I am going New York Jets. I mentioned it already. They got Zach Wilson, their quarterback. They got Elijah Moore, a stud receiver. And that second trade in the and that and that trade in the first round that they did with their second pick to get Elijah Vera Tucker was amazing. I think he's a future Pro Bowler, offensive lineman, um, and and they obviously wanted him and got him, which shows some life out of that New York office, which we haven't seen uh, in a while. I feel like you know with the whole Sam Donald situation. Um, so it seems like they're on the right track, and for an organization that seems like they've been on the wrong track for so long, that's why I'm giving them the best in the draft grade. Although I agree, I think the Chargers are right there with them, especially with that Rashawn Slater pick. In terms of the worst, I'll start off. The Raiders had a terrible draft. You're in a you're in a division with, you know, 
the Chiefs, the best team in the league, uh, who have the best quarterback in the league. Uh, the Chargers, who have a future stud quarterback who's already playing out of his mind. And the Broncos, who are not, who are average. They're average. They're not terrible. They're average. And you need skill positions. You don't have a quarterback that can do it himself. Uh, you know, you have, you have, um, Darren Waller, who's a great tight end, but past that, and you have Josh Jacobs, but you also, you know, didn't do too much with those players. So get some skill positions on either side, really. Um, and they did, they picked, they picked three safety. What do you need three safeties for? What do you need three safeties for? Like safety itself as a position is, 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 is not something that you need to draft for. Um, and, and they drafted three of them and their first pick was Alex Leatherwood, who I thought was a reach, reach, reach. Um, he could have gone in the second round and I would have thought that's fair. Uh, and they reached for him the first round. Um, I just think they didn't get what they needed and they, and the one guy that they seemed like they liked, they, they could have waited for and they still didn't, and they still could have gotten him. So I just think the Raiders didn't really do well in this one. Yeah. The Raiders as, as normal beating to their own drum. Uh, I'm going with the Saints. I, I I have no idea what the Saints were thinking on this entire draft. I, like you didn't need help on the pass rush. That's where you go in the first round. I, Ian Book is not an answer to me. Like I, Pete Werner, Paulson, I, I, just every single pick that they made again didn't really seem to focus on the needs that they needed, and it, a lot of them just weren't all that exciting of prospects. Which you know, as we said earlier, the could be wrong. All these guys could pan out. They all could be incredible. Uh, but from from what we know about them and what we know just about the team and what they needed, it, it a very a very confusing draft strategy uh, to me by by New Orleans, especially for a team that is you know entering a, a, a bit of uncertainty without number nine under center. Right, Ian Book is not the answer. I know Ian Book kind of looks like Drew Brees, but he is not. Drew Brees. Let's be very clear about like, that. I'm not. Why do you need a quarterback there at round? Like, I, yeah. Yeah. Whatever. And not. Not. You know. Good for them. Good for your team if they suck in the in the coming years. So, there you go. Um. All right. Well, that is all the news about the NFL draft. It was definitely a fun one. A little, you know, disappointing in some ways. You're right. The hype was so great that it was only ever going to be a little disappointing because we thought teams were going to just trade all over each other to get players, and they didn't, which never really happens. Um, but we always hope will. Um, but at least it wasn't know, quite as depressing as last year. Yeah, every, you're right. It was every pick got just the biggest sob story last year. At least <laughs> the, the NFL heard the critique of that and like, you know, we probably don't need to strike the the chord every single time. Right. They more like just showed everyone being excited about getting drafted, which is what I think the point is. So I, I liked that a little more. I liked how they showed the players getting the calls before we knew where they were going. So like I, I like knew I was like, Justin Fields going to the Bears. He just got the yeah. call. He's on the phone right now with the Bears. Like, I don't think he's taking phone calls from anyone else right now. I think he's probably right, he's, trying to keep that phone kind, phone line clean unless it's an NFL team drafting him. Right. It's not like he's like, oh, hello, Papa John's. I'd like a large, <laughs> I'd like a large meeting. Oh, hey, Mike, what's up? Yeah, I'm just waiting to get drafted. Yeah. What are you up to tonight? Oh, call waiting. Ah, they can wait. <laughs> Let me, let's, let's continue. Let's continue this conversation. Um, no, another exciting draft. We'll see where all those quarterbacks pan out. Um, but for now, 
we have finished our news coverage for the day, so we have officially entered the cool down period. That's right. Uh, you know, lots of fun sports coming up this weekend. We've talked about what's one sports event coming up this weekend that you're really looking forward to, Matthew. I, I think just all the soccer, you know, between the, the different cups that are getting played for, even if it's not like quite towards the weekend, I think there's a cup final on Thursday. Um, and then just the, the different races, obviously we'll be keeping our, our eye on France. We'll be keeping our eye on Spain. Um, there are still, even though city has, has the premier league wrapped up the, the other kind of European spots are, are up for grabs there. Um, and in, in Italy, God, I think it would be hilarious if Juventus is in the Europa League next year. Um, so yeah, just kind of the, the, all these soccer action is, is what I'm going with. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I mean, there is a 1230 window on Sunday where Barcelona, Atletico Madrid and Real Madrid all play at the same time. Uh, and at that point, I think we're going to get a champion. I, I really do. So I think Sunday at 1230, La Liga is going to get crazy. Um, so I'm excited for that. Uh, you know, we took a week off, but it is May, which means all the NSYNC memes were, were out and about. May. Thank you very much. Um, so my question for you today, culture question, what is your favorite boy band of all time? And, uh, you know, more, more on the point, what constitutes a boy band for you? Do you, do you hate boy bands? Let's, let's talk about it. Uh, I certainly don't hate boy bands. Boy bands rule. Um, I don't know how you could like grow up in the nineties and, and honestly tell me that you don't enjoy boy, boy bands. I'm like, do you have like no childhood nostalgia? Like, am I listening to in sync and backstreet boys all the time now? No. But if one of those songs comes on, are you kidding? Like I'm going to get pumped. So boy bands rule. Uh, my, my boy band, what constitutes a boy band is I think four to six, uh, young men who don't play instruments. Like I don't think the Jonas brothers are a, a boy band. They, okay, there you go. No, no instruments allowed. Usually some dancing. The dancing doesn't have to be good because there's some boy bands that like, they do more like to like stand around and like kind of sway. Like you can tell they're just not good dancers. So that's why they don't. But there should be some sort of dancing. And then I feel like it always is just like pop music. Um, favorite boy band? Probably Backstreet Boys. I love New Kids on the Block, but that was like a little bit before my time for me to really be like oh yeah they're my favorite um so I, I think i would go backstreet boys although my favorite boy band song now is new kids on the block summertime which they released in like 2010 so it was like all of them as 40 year olds singing this song that definitely should be sang and uh performed by like 20 year olds but it is a great song and it also just kind of cracks me up but yeah, Backstreet Boys' favorite boy band. No, I don't hate boy bands. Four to six performers, no instruments, dancing pop music. Love it. Yeah, for me, it's a younger group of men singing sexy songs with sick riffs, mostly vocals. Dancing's optional. I won't hate it. Um, I also don't think the Jonas Brothers are a boy band. I heard Jackson 5 was the original boy band. I don't think that's a boy band either. Um, I, I, I just think it that's something else uh, i feel like i, I feel like jackson five, five yeah. is like the the like predecessor to the boy band like without jackson five maybe right. we wouldn't have right. boy bands but they're i yeah i wouldn't really consider them a boy band either right exactly they're like the inspiration might be drawn off of them but they're not the first boy band that was yeah. around otherwise any 
any group then the beatles were the first boy band too like you know what i mean it's just like where do we end any group of men singing together isn't a boy band um you know my favorite boy band i don't know if it falls into the younger group of men category but i'm still gonna say it. boys to men always my favorite my favorite uh boy band um they just got so many great songs you know i'll make love to you one sweet day at the end of the road uh so good hell yeah i i love the riffs always in it um again not sure if it qualifies even under our standard but but i i i i, I actually don't know boys to men boys to men feels b- before your time jan boys to men yeah, is like it, before my time right boys to men is before my time but that doesn't you know that's like i think they're a boy, pe- i think they're a boy man they're a boy band. Yeah, it's definitely before my time. But um, I, you know, I, I love Backstreet Boys, too. I, I liked NSYNC as well. But I, I still think I just love Boys to Men's music, even if it was a little before my time. It's like everybody who's like, Queen is my favorite uh, artist. It's like Freddie Mercury is dead before your parents met. So <laughs> what are we talking about here? That's uh, touche. Touche. Um, yeah, but I like Boys to Men. Both great options for sure. All right. Before we go, we're going to get into the quick fire questions. Matt, I have to, you were going to be honest with me here. I sent him my notes earlier and didn't I deleted, I deleted them. I, cause I didn't okay. even want to, and I didn't even read them. I like for a second I was going down and I like, I realized they were there and I deleted them before I read them. Promise hand, hand on the Bible on the Quran. Great, Cause I, I'm so glad because I would, uh, I would just have made up stuff on the, and it would have been dumb. So <laughs> I'm glad that I didn't have to do that. Uh, cause I realized just now too, I was like, oh shoot. I hope we didn't like know them already. No. Nope. Otherwise it's going to be boring. All I, right. And I would like, even before I read it, I was like, well, that's going to be boring if I do it. It's way more fun being asked off the cuff. Right. Exactly. Okay. So we got NBA question to start off the Lakers. They're in the play in tournament spot right now. LeBron James returning tonight against the New York Knicks. AD had a monster game his last time out. I'm asking the question, will the Lakers not win, not saying win, I'm saying will they make the NBA Finals out of the West? First off, um, LeBron James, shut up. The play-in tournament rules. The only reason yeah. you're complaining about it is because you don't want to play in it, which I respect. You're, you're an right. older guy. You don't want to make this thing any tougher on you to need. But his whole, like, uh, like the play-in tournament is actually making the M- NBA playoffs seem a little more exciting for the first time in a while. No, I don't think they're going to go. I, I think the West is just – if the West looked like it did last year and the Lakers had all these hurdles, I think the Lakers would be able to get it done. But the West – I mean, the Jazz have been the best team in the NBA all year. Phoenix has it figured out. The Clippers are still going to be a battle. Uh, the Nuggets, while they don't have Jamal, we, we've seen Michael Porter Jr. kind of step it up, and, and Nikola Jokic is, is still you know one of the toughest guards guys to guard in the in the NBA. So no, I, I don't think the Lakers go back to the finals. I agree. I I just think you know, I think it was a bad omen when everything we've been saying about who cares where the Lakers finish, all of a sudden LeBron cares about. It. I was like, yeah, you guys aren't making the finals. The mentality isn't there. You guys are complaining and not like ready to go. And it's just a daunting it's a daunting conference this this year too. Like it's it's it, they're going to have to win several series over teams that could beat them. Where like last year even when they met the Nuggets in the in the Western Conference Finals, did did any of us really think the Nuggets were going to beat them? Probably not. But I think the Nuggets have a chance. I think the Clippers, Suns, and Jazz all would would be favored over them right now. Right, and I think where it stands now, if they finish in the play and they win that series, which is also not a guarantee, 
they would play the Suns, right? And I just don't think they beat the Suns. They'd have to play the Sun. Like, I think if, if I'm them, I almost try and like, I mean, because if they do that, they'd have to go Suns, then probably Clippers, then probably Jazz. Like, they would have to play all three of the best teams. That's just a tough, that's a tough, tough task. Right, exactly. Um, but it's the task that'll be asked of the champions. All right. Russell Westbrook breaking Oscar Robertson's record. We talked about if we think about him highly enough. The conversation has become now, which I think is a little ridiculous, but maybe you disagree. The conversation has become Chris Paul and Russell Westbrook on the all-time point guard list, considering Westbrook still has some time to win a championship. So let's say Russell Westbrook wins an NBA championship. Right. I'm not saying that he wins on his own. I'm not saying that he has the most dominant season in the world. I'm just saying he's on a team that wins a championship. If that were to happen, who ends up on higher on the all-time point guard list? Russell Westbrook or Chris Paul? I mean, just the championship win, I think I still have to go Chris Paul. I think it would I think it would have to depend if, if it is because of Russell doing it and, and Russell really leading the way and he's the finals MVP and all that, then then it becomes closer. But Chris Paul has been such a good point guard for so, so long. And, and yeah, it, it 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 would take a lot for me to say Russell Westbrook is above Chris Paul in the point guard battle. Right. Exactly. It's, you know, for, for me, what it is, it's Russell Westbrook is like Drew Brees. Like, is, is he up there in the top five point guards? I think so. Um, is he Tom Brady or Peyton Manning or Aaron Rodgers? No. He's got the stats for sure to, to for people to be like, well, but like, you know, it, different players. Because right now, different. too, I would probably – I think eventually I would say Steph's in front of Chris Paul. Right now I think I would probably put Chris Paul still ahead of Steph a little bit. But I like – Russell Westbrook would have to jump Chris Paul and Steph. Like, it, that's, that's, a, that's a tough task. Right. I mean, people looking at Chris Paul making the Suns what they are right now, not Megan, like obviously the Suns are a good holistic team, but like you realize he's been doing this to teams for decades. Last, the last <laughs> two years, he, like he's taken the Thunder that you're supposed to be shit to the playoffs. And then the Suns that were like, oh, they might be really good. And now they're like, he he's certainly elevated them. Right. Exactly. All right. I, I'm glad we agree there because I just don't think the conversation's there right now. And yeah, I think people I, are being a little ridiculous. I don't, being e- a little I don't ridiculous. either. It's tough, you know, and it, I will say this too. It, it's a tough comp, like conversation now, like the whole position conversation, because yes, I know Russell like is kind of a point guard and, and passes, but like he feels so positionless to me where Chris Paul feels like he's a point guard. Like even Steph is like kind of positionless. Uh, so the, the conversation of like what, who's the best at this position becomes so, so muddied now in a league where there really aren't positions. Right, exactly. I, I think I, I agree. And I think that uh, saying Steph Curry is like a floor general is not something I'll ever say. You know, he's a, he, he just pulls up from three at every point in the, in the game. So it, it is a different position. Um, yeah, and I mean, that, that, that question will be harder to answer this, it, as the years go on because players will be, continue to be positionless and just like be playing with each other. And, and that's just how it's going to happen. Like Bob, so. Bob Cousy did not play the point guard position the way Damian Lillard and Russell Westbrook and Steph Curry. Like, it is world's fucking different. Even Isaiah Bob Thomas. Cousy? Like, I, Isaiah Thomas, one of the best point guards of all time. The way he played the game was was just so much different than than the way that these guys do now. 
I agree. I agree. All right. And we're ending with a NFL draft question. Who will win a Super Bowl first? Mac Jones, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, or Ryan Fitzpatrick? (laughs) (laughs) I kind of wanted to say Fitzpatrick just as a backup. Um, I I can't give any faith to Zach Wilson or Justin Fields as much as like they like as much as I think they could get it done. The franchises they're with make me say, eh, I'll go Trey Lance. I, I think where the Niners are as a franchise are in a really good position. Uh, we we've seen them have success a lot over the last decade. Obviously not near the Patriots, but the Patriots also had a guy named Tom Brady uh, who they are missing now. So yeah, I'm gonna go with the Niners, and I'm gonna go with okay. Trey Lance. Love that pick. That's who I would pick too. Uh, other than Ryan Fitzmagic, I would yeah. pick pick. Well, I think be, he's gonna win. It's gonna be Trey Lance and Ryan Fitzmagic on the same team. Right, exactly. I, I no, I, I'll go one step further. He's winning the Super Bowl next year, baby. He's winning the Super Bowl next year, baby. Couldn't you see Fitzpatrick like having an almost Nick Foles like playoff run? Like he was the backup for somebody, and then he comes in for a team and like just. Because that's what he does. He tears it up for like three or four games. That's all. I wouldn't be surprised all. at all. No, it would be yeah. amazing too. Yeah, you would tell me, okay, their top their top quarterbacks out, and now Ryan Fitzpatrick has to play. I'm like, oh, they're winning. Then they're gonna win. <laughs> I'd rather play their that's, starter. That's what's gonna happen. It's not even a don't question. Me, right? Don't make me see go in there and throw six touchdowns. See that goddamn throw oh. he made against the Raiders? They're ripping his head off, right. and he the guy can do anything. <laughs> Right. He's he's a unicorn. All right. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Uh, we are done with the quick fire questions and done with the episode. Start to season five has begun. Thank you so much for joining us for it. Uh, we will go over all the action again next week. But until then, wear a mask, get vaccinated. Even if you're vaccinated, wear a mask. Continue to, to push good mask uh, etiquette. Uh, we're almost out of the clear here. Um, but just uh, some dumb people will will push us back a little further. I don't want it. I want Hot Boy Summer, and I want I want it now. Yeah. And uh, that's that's just the truth of it. Um, but yeah, stay safe, hug the people you love, and as always, cheers, y'all. <laughs>